computers. This is Intelligent Performance. Welcome to Intelligent Performance, where we're fanatical about excellence and champions of ambition. And today is my pleasure to welcome Cherie Larice onto the podcast. She's an author and an emotional intelligence expert. And that is what we're going to go deep on today. What is emotional intelligence? How can you get better at it? And also, how can you start to become so in tune with your own emotions that you can start to levelize and level out? those kind of peaks and troughs that you might experience and really tap into higher levels of personal performance. I had multiple breakthroughs, kind of mind-blowing moments as we went through this, this, this discussion. And so it was a pleasure to have Sheree on today. And I think you're gonna absolutely love this session, especially as we kind of get granular about what it actually takes to kind of get in tune with your emotional intelligence and how you can use that to really blow the roof off when it comes to results. Let's dive straight in. Where I really want to start is about what sounds like was an amazing and epic week where you made 50 grand or found 50 grand somewhere, you met your husband, and you also escaped your corporate career. So I really just want to, let's start there because I feel yeah. like that uh, sounds really cool. And then I think let's talk about you know your expertise around emotional intelligence because I think that's going to be a thing which is really important for people, but a lot of people really struggle to access. So that's why I'd really love to dive deep if you're cool with that. Yes, absolutely. I do think emotional intelligence is sprayed around a lot as a term, but a little bit of an enigma. Um, there's not a lot of how-to around it. So yes, happy to go there. And yeah, those three goals. Um, sometimes I think about that that happened and I ask myself, how did you do that? And okay, let's go through the steps again, because it's, it is pretty awesome. And I, I appreciate just how unique that story is and it feels really normal to me. So I was straight off the back of a neuro-linguistic programming course, NLP. I completely appreciate that a lot of people roll their eyes when I say NLP and they think mm. it's pseudoscience. Yeah. Um, but I got the three goals, right? So <laughs> let it be pseudoscience. I don't mind what it's called. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. So when I was late, so it was a weekend course. It was kind of an introduction course to say, this is what NLP is about. And if you like it, come back and do some training with us. So at the end of the course, we learned a whole lot of things. And I really, it was what I was looking for at that time in my life. I was ready for progression, for, you know, this thing of self-mastery. What is that? I was in a job I didn't like. I was in a relationship that was not fulfilling and I no it was no 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 I was out of that no I was single I had just come out of a relationship that was not fulfilling and I was ready to progress my life and really feel like I was owning it not just being dragged along by day to day and so this course went through a whole bunch of NLP techniques and at the end of the course the trainer said to us when you go home I want you to set yourself a goal and make it so big so grandiose that you know when you achieve it, it's because of what you learned here this weekend. Oh. So I thought, okay, all right. I walked away and I thought of a goal, but it immediately, you know, bottleneck of three goals. Mm. So I set myself three goals and I said, if I'm going to do one, I might as well have three. <laughs> so I set myself these three goals, did the visualizations that we were taught, started writing lists of, um, uh, 
I call it green light thinking. I can't remember exactly what he called it. But as far as the 50,000, I started writing down ways of getting $50,000 just to, so green light thinking as in you don't say no to anything. Any idea that comes into your head is a good one. So I had collect bottles and recycle them, you know, for five cents each. Um, I had get another second job, get a third job. I had prostitution. Um, I had all sorts of options. They all went down. These are all money-making ideas. So they all went down on the uh, list that I was creating. And then I got to redundancy. I thought, oh, yeah, that's a fave because I am so uninspired in my job right now. So a redundancy, two birds with one stone, that sounds good. Mm. And I phoned Mm. my mum and I said, I just realised all I need to do is be made redundant and then I can get out of this job that I'm completely over and get paid out and it's a win-win. And she made that mum noise of, mm-hmm, like, what are you thinking? And sure, <laughs> you're just going to go and create that. So anyway, then I went back upstairs to the office and I had a meeting request from the CEO. So I went up to his office. He sat me down and he said, so Cherie, you're looking really uninspired in your job lately. and I won't say word for word what I said because we'll keep it clean. Um, But I did tell him that I no longer enjoyed my job anymore. (laughs) (laughs) In different words. We can translate, Um, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, he tiptoed around the redundancy. Well, first he put another offer on the table for me to essentially write a manual, an operations manual. And because I am a people person, putting me in what felt like isolation to write a manual just didn't do it for me. So I kindly declined that offer because all I could see in my head was redundancy. That was just eye on the prize. That's all I could see. He tiptoed around the topic. We both did. And then he said, look, why don't you think about it? Think about the offer. Otherwise, we'll have to think about what else I can do for you. And I'm thinking, redundancy. Yep. I'm not thinking about the offer. I'm going for the redundancy. So I went home and applied all of the other techniques and the visualizations and brought in all of the different modality, like sense modalities. So I could really feel, see, smell, touch this new reality of a redundancy. And so on Friday, I went back into our re-adjourned meeting and I was made redundant. And when I was writing down my goals of my $50,000, the night before the meeting on Friday, I wrote, I thought I was really smart by doing this, and I changed my goal to $50,000 or more, thinking, yeah, I'm not even going to limit myself here. So I went into his office, and when I got my redundancy, it was (laughs) 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 50132 which he didn't know how funny it was. I knew how funny it was. That's right, yeah, yeah. And then I was so excited about this whole thing of getting out of my job, getting paid out, let alone the fact that I, in my head, in my world, had planned those things Um, and went home and arranged breakfast with a friend and I ended up inviting a whole bunch of extra friends over and my friend who I arranged it with invited a whole bunch of his friends and one of his friends ended up being a lovely, lovely man who I took a fancy to. and. He ended up staying after breakfast. We went out to lunch. We went out to dinner. And we've pretty much been together every day since then. Wow. Yeah. So that is, that is within a week. week. What yeah, I, it was a good what, week. I love that we started there. And I think yeah. that is <laughs> And what a week that 
that was and and I'm intrigued to know how that kind of fits into perhaps the bigger picture for you Shri then in terms of yeah like you're an author now you're from what I understand and, and we don't know each other well but it's in terms of you've really focused your career on developing emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. not not just being good at it but also being a practitioner to help others be good at that and I think as we kind of alluded to at the right at the beginning emotional intelligence emotional intelligence is a super buzzword mm-hmm. everyone probably wants to have good emotional intelligence the question is often well how yeah and so I'd love to hear what what is that? What does it mean to you, perhaps, emotional mm-hmm. intelligence? And then I'd actually love to get really granular, Shuri, about yeah. how someone can start to develop it. What are some of the things to know whether you're any good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how you feel is a, is a yeah. quick, easy answer to that one. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I guess yeah. it really comes down to, and then maybe we'll get, we'll get down there, but I think also in this new world of like hybrid work, right, of online. One thing I'm seeing from leaders and business owners is that it's a very different environment now. And to to Mm. deploy emotional intelligence and to be emotionally intelligent when you you often get a real snapshot on a Zoom almost. um, Yeah, like it's so hard often to read into what's, you know, when there's cameras off, the whole thing, it's like, well, how the hell are you meant to be? (laughs) Yeah. EI. Um, what was mm-hmm. it, EQ? Whatever. It's oh, the... I've heard both. Okay, I use cool. both hashtags on my post. <laughs> For those who are not so intelligent, maybe it's um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's before I get too excited, let's start with so, what's been your journey in this space? What what how? Well, what, okay. What's, so, what's your interest in? When you said what happened next, as far as what those reaching those three goals, what they did for me was open up my mind to okay how much control do we have over our life, over our destiny and what happens to us in inverted commas. And when I then started moving through my life and my first challenge was wanting to start a family, thought that, you know, I had all the right bits in the right places and the right working order, as did my husband, just expected that we would fall pregnant, that I, sorry, no, me just saying, that I would fall pregnant. Um, pretty quickly I we were also really healthy after a few months I thought oh hang on I know how to do this goal setting yes that's right you visualize you go through all of the senses you um, really go into the whole experience in a meditation and so I did all of that and you know month after month rolled by and then year after year rolled by and it starts to get a little emotional it starts to feel like quite the roller coaster and mm. you go through hope and then you go through disappointment and then hope yeah. and then disappointment and then flat out on the floor in despair and then no 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 it's okay i'm still alive <laughs> i'm still young enough ish you know because that whole female thing we've got a, a clock mm. ticking as well um so through this emotional roller coaster that is what really asked me to draw on emotional intelligence techniques just connecting those dots and coming around to emotional intelligence. So I then, being a lover of learning, knowing how much that course and 
uh, with NLP and you know I signed up to every single course that they offered after that. <laughs> so I did all of those courses. Then I went and found Dr. John Martini, and he specializes in human behavior and a lot of my emotional intelligence techniques that I use now with my clients come from him. That was a real game changer for me. So jumping straight into the how, because this is what I needed to use for myself to balance out my own emotions, a lot of the how is pen and paper. It's it's grunt work, essentially, and it is working against the way you naturally think, which is why it's such grunt work. It's difficult. You've got this habitual thinking of seeing the world the way you see it, that if I'm not pregnant, that's bad. If I'm not a mother, that's sad. That's, you know, I had all of these things wrapped around it. And because that was the way I saw my situation, that was the way I saw the world that I needed to be a mother. I always felt like a mother. To not be able to achieve that was heartbreaking and disappointing. And I couldn't think about it any other way. So I had this really strong neural connection around that whole thing as a failure and as a negative experience. So enter the emotional intelligence techniques. And one of the very practical things that you do is look at the opposite. So if I'm thinking this is a bad thing and there are only drawbacks to this scenario, what are the benefits? And initially, because your neural circuitry is almost hardwired, you know, by that stage, you've got this highway of thinking all around it being a negative and you're asking your thinking to then come over to uncharted territory and practically bush bash through this being a positive experience. It's difficult to start, but once you do start, then you start to build up some momentum. And one of the analogies that I use with my clients is once you start to think this other way and you start to find some benefits where you before didn't see any, then this bush bashing path starts to become a little bit of a walking trail and you keep thinking like this and then it becomes a wider walking trail. Then you use this thinking so more, so much more frequently that somebody puts bitumen down mm. and then it becomes a highway and this becomes your new way of thinking where you actually see benefits, more benefits than drawbacks to this situation, which is where I ultimately got to. I now, I love my life. I love my path. I love that I'm mother in my own way. I love that I have the freedom without children to do, eat, go wherever I want to. And I've, mm -hmm. I've really, I've found for me, everybody is different. For me on my path and what I felt was missing as motherhood, I was able to ultimately define motherhood in my terms as a mother inspires, they mentor, and they nurture. And I took those three traits and said, okay, well, if that in my world, in my head, if that is what mothering is, where do I already do that? Where am I fulfilling those traits and living them out in my life already? And again, it was it was pen and paper grunt work. Um, well, pen and paper. It was actually an Excel spreadsheet because mm. um, <laughs> I love Excel. And I just started writing out lists of, okay, where do I where do I nurture? So there's my plants, my cat, my husband. Where do I inspire? Who do I mentor? And I kept completing, kept writing these answers down until I realized that I was a mother, exactly the way I wanted to be. I was a mother in my own way. It certainly wasn't appearing as it did in the brochure. I didn't mm. have a little thing that looked like me. 
but I certainly was achieving all of the traits of motherhood as I defined them for my world. And I think that's relevant as far as emotional intelligence, because the ultimate truth that I came to is that nothing is ever missing in our life. It just appears in a different form. And the reason why I think that is such an important message to share and get out there as I do um, kind of, I, I kind of drive it home in my book, but because I take you on this journey with me, it's almost hypnotic that, you know, you just ultimately end up feeling that way as opposed to mm. getting it drummed into you that you have to think that way. Very cool. But I think so, that's, sorry. No, all good. So where I wanted to, so it sounds like, so I'm actually really quite surprised by your answer because it sounds like where you've gone to begin with is that emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence is actually about having the intelligence to understand your own emotions rather than what I thought you were going to say is how you can help be sensitive to others. Is that is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah right. If you understand your own emotions, you are going to naturally be more sensitive to others. But you can't even try and be sensitive to somebody else if you're not sensitive to your own. That it would just we don't work like that as humans. I find that so that's... so I would define emotional intelligence as being able to balance your emotions. Yeah. Which is to balance your thinking because your emotions are a product of your perceptions. So we need to balance our perceptions to balance our emotions. And if we can do that, then you can be more emotionally available for other people. Got you. So actually the place to start if someone is realizing that emotional intelligence is a gap for them is actually <laughs> it's all them it's just it's very inner work actually and 100% yeah wow okay yeah so that, that strikes me as like I don't know I just didn't think you'd say that I just I felt it was always it's always been this external thing and I've often wondered like I'm the kind of, kind of guy where like if you tell me a sad story about someone died or something, I will start to cry like really really quick I'll be yeah, very right there with you yeah, like I'm straight, like a very, I don't know if you'd call that empathetic, but I find it very easy to be able to translate or kind of put myself in their shoes in some regards, right? Yeah. And I think it's, um that's been a really helpful skill I've found, but also one I've really shied away from being a bloke because mm. often, you know, like I, I can be turned to tears by listening to a piece of music or, yeah. <laughs> but like, I did a painting the other day and my wife was like, well, you know, tell me about what you painted. And I, I, and I started to cry. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, it's quite, in some regard, it's quite pathetic, you know, and it's because it's so quick. The other piece is it's in some regards, it's like a super, um, it's a super skill because it's yeah. like, wow, you can really connect really deeply quite quickly right. with others. Um, so it's not pathetic just to, just to say that out loud. It's okay. not at all pathetic. See, I find, I, I, I just, I've, always, I've often treated it like, being pathetic right because i think yeah it's, um, male stereotype you know the the alpha male doesn't cry michael i think like, it's, 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 almost, it's almost like on a practical level though like when you're in like in a heated argument and you can be moved to tears because you like the emotion of, of, of frustration or something like that that i found to be very inconvenient actually <laughs> yeah 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 and i think it's um but i, I think where i was going to go with this in terms of like EQ then. So what would you say to someone who isn't like me and actually they really struggle to navigate, like to to maybe appreciate or the other person is, or maybe they don't feel particularly in touch with their own emotional intelligence. How do they how do they approach that? So I actually take them into their body then because 
A lot of people, and it depends on who they are, what their background is. Some people are blocked to feeling physical sensations attached to emotions. Other people have no problem feeling a knot in their stomach, but they won't say that they're nervous or anxious, but, you know, they're getting a dry mouth. They are tensing their jaw or their neck. So a lot of people can talk you through the physical correlate to emotions even if they can't talk through the emotion so sometimes I will take people there because all of our I mean I can it's probably really easy or maybe I mean you can feel the emotion but whether you feel it in the body as easily I don't know but if I said to you think about the the painting and you were showing your wife and talking to her and you connected on that deep emotional level where do you feel that in your body? Do you feel a physical sensation attached to that emotion? Mm. In my throat, actually. Right. Okay. So I then take people through that and we stick with something that is tangible and physical. Mm. And I walk them through that bit and then I take them through, um, I won't do it with you because that was way on the spot and really personal. <laughs> um, but I take them through a whole set of questions, a consultation on yeah. just you know, what does it feel? How does it, um, can you describe it? Does it move? Does it have a color? Does it have a noise? You know, what Mm. does it, how does it make you feel? And you can try and tiptoe like a backdoor into the emotions that way. Um, Or you can ask them to kind of step away from that feeling or imagine the opposite feeling and see what arises then as a physical sensation. So I work with people that way. There's a number of reasons why people are either consciously shutting off their emotions or vice versa consciously not wanting to be in their body especially if it's in result um in response sorry to a past trauma where they have had to dissociate from their body to protect themselves in the moment you know as a coping strategy Mm. so i don't think there's a one answer fits all it certainly it's very personal it's very individual and it also depends on Generally, when I'm speaking with people, because I do the emotional intelligence consulting, they will already come to me knowing that there is some sort of heavy emotion that is weighing them down. Right. So we have a couple of different ways to access that depending on how they feel on in the day and mm. how willing they are to broach the emotion. Very cool. And so if you think about I'm just intrigued. So let's say got in my head, I like an unemotional guy, (laughs) you know, Bob from the pub or whatever you want to call him, you know, the the Jack the Lad. And then what, from from your perspective, what would success look like? I appreciate it might be guided by the actual client themselves, but what's the outcome on the other end that emotional intelligence and going into this space opens up for people? What's the, if you had to kind of... Okay. So clearer thinking and ultimately I would say self-mastery. Right. So as far as high performance goes, this is high performance about your own personal life and your life trajectory, where you're going, how you feel about it. Do you look at your life as something positive, enjoyable, something to be grateful for? Or do you feel like it's a struggle? Because my life, although those years may look like a struggle, I feel lucky. I feel like that was a gift. And I'm uber grateful for Mm. that whole path. So emotional intelligence then is having that um, equilibrium, that neutrality of emotions where 
You are not bouncing around anymore like I was between hope, desperation, hope, despair. Um, And it's actually, it's being even. And when you are even emotionally, I mean, for starters, when you're really emotional, when you're really stressed, you have more adrenaline, you have more cortisol. Um, The way you feel emotionally dictates the chemicals that rush through your body and which part of brain you have the ability to think with. If you're stressed and you're in this sympathetic nervous zone, um, sympathetic nervous system zone of fight or flight, then you're more likely to be sending all of the glucose and the oxygen to your amygdala, which is not the part of the brain you really want to be using Mm. to make decisions in life. Mm. That's, you know, that's good for survival decisions. If there's a fire here, you want your amygdala to make the decision. You don't want to have to processly think about, well, hang on, what time do I need to be at my appointment? And therefore, which exit should I take that will get me there the fastest? Like, you just get out of the building. That's what the amygdala is good for. That's not helpful for normal day-to-day life when you have to work, when you have to think strategically, when you have to turn up and talk to your boss about a promotion or a pay rise. Or if you're starting your own business, you don't want to be living from a survival perspective. Mm -hmm. So being able to balance yourself emotionally and get out of that stress mode, get back into the parasympathetic, be able to think with the part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is for our rational, our logical and critical thinking, then you're more likely to make sound decisions and make well, make a better decision on how to move forward. So I would say it's self-mastery. And because of just that, the, the neural chemistry that goes on, mm. I would say that that is high performance for living. And self-mastery. I love that. And I think it's so we talk to like high-performing athletes, some of the top coaches on the planet, that kind of thing. And a lot of them, you know, dealing with super high pressure environments. And a lot of them often struggle to actually what you actually say what you just said, because they kind of do it, but they don't really know what they're doing. And I think that's where part of what we what we love sharing on here is actually well what what is it which makes a difference? Because you speak to a lot of athletes and they say, oh, I did this and I found I was better on a race than I um, than in my training. And then if you go, why? They're like, I don't know. You know I think it. Yeah. What, what you speak to is actually what actually makes the difference. And I think to some degree we've figured ourselves out. I don't know, people have figured themselves out and then it allows them to channel that, let's say, heightened energy when it comes to a race into an increased performance whereas you speak to other high performing athletes and they or coaches in fact um you know one guy one guy i'm thinking of he 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 says athletes lower to their training standard rather than a rise to the occasion and i think it's it's interesting because i guess it comes down to how do you process that right right what level is your emotional intelligence and have you got the uh to you use your words the bitumen or are you still trying Mm. to bush bashing yeah <laughs> so, it's a good analogy i like it i, I really like it. it it reminds you of um you may know jocko willink or willink the um he's an ex-navy seal and he talks about every time something happens he just says good regardless of whether it's good or bad right just because he's so in this pathway of you know and there's always good which comes of it. And I think it's yeah. an amazing. My wife and I have been trying it recently because our car broke down and you know, we got babysitters cancelled and all this stuff. <laughs> We're like, good, this is great, fantastic. I love that. <laughs> 
and it's well incredibly incredibly powerful actually yeah to, to fortunately but i think I, I certainly experienced the bush bashing and i still do to some degree like you know like oh is that really could this really be good you know yeah is, it, is that true so how does this link in into your book so you've just right. you've recently just launched on path yeah how does this is this a a chance for you to kind of communicate this more broadly to a, a bigger audience or how do you see this kind yeah. of yeah so it's a couple of things so my my book started uh it was an accident actually because i was journaling my way through my fertility or my you know my pregnancy issues and i kept journaling i kept doing the emotional intelligence exercises I kept meditating and I was writing through the whole process. And then through that process, my brother got sick and I was writing my way through that of, you know, specific meditations that I would do to keep myself balanced while I was dropping him off the hospital to have a malignant tumor removed and, you know, highly stressful in my world. And then my friend died and I meditated through that as well. And I wrote through all of it. And I kept writing for like my whole journey. It was about eight years and I kept writing through the whole thing. So ultimately it became a book and that's where On Path came from. It was only about halfway through it that I realized I was writing a book before that. I thought it was just for me. Then when I realized I was writing a book, what it ultimately came to be was my way of mothering as well, because this is going to sound like a weird thing, perhaps without having the lead up of everything else that I say in the book, this is going to sound like a really um, brazen thing to say, but ultimately my goal is to mother 1 million people. And I needed it to be 1 million partially because to me that is an unfathomable number. I'm not counting. I just, I need to mother a quantity of humans that is so large that it equates to mothering my own. Mm. And it needs to be huge to be equal. Mm. So writing a book for me partially became my way of mothering. So because of that, I have talked through everything, all of the details. It's really, it's very vulnerable. It's very raw. It's very open and it's very detailed. So it's not just that, okay, I went down and I sat down and I did this emotional intelligence technique. I talked through it and I did this meditation I talk through the meditation where I went in it so people can apply these tools because as I said before everybody feels like oh sorry I think most people feel like something is probably missing in their life everybody has a goal or a dream of achieving something so I talk through all of the techniques so people can apply this to what how it's relevant in their world whatever they feel is missing so in my head, writing this book is the equivalent of me sitting on the end of the bed with my babe saying, you're upset, you feel like something is missing. I don't know if this will help, but let me talk you through my scenario and what I did, and then maybe you can take something off that. Maybe it will help you too. Mm, cool. So it's yeah. like mothering at, mothering at scale. <laughs> I love that. That's the plan, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, look, I think there's there's a heap in there, right? Like um, we've just, my wife and I, we're fortunate we have a newborn baby, right? So this oh, is congratulations. Kind of, yeah, it's, it's our second child. and But I know when we were thinking about having the second and the process of that, whilst it's enjoyable, it can also become mechanistic. 
you know it's kind of yeah. goal orientated yeah and like <laughs> romance when it's goal orientated isn't that fun a lot of the time it's rich kind it loses of loses its shine doesn't it, it certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um and the roller coaster like we've seen friends who've taken years to go through um yeah. you know ivf and, and and with some success and some some not and i yeah i really first of all i want to just want to acknowledge that thank you for your vulnerability around that and i think the ability to channel it into something where it can then contributes because mothering as you just said you know my toddler this morning we're on the back of the bike cycling to daycare and he just wanted to communicate something and i was like oh, well, shut up man you know, you know, I, I that's what i was thinking and i was like just just pause just get off and just stop and just and we and it was literally what you just talked about sure right. what's going on buddy what's going yeah. on like and it was amazing how that diffused and he just wanted to pick up a stick and he was pretty much happy as larry after that you know like it's right and i think it's I think it's amazing, actually, what you're what you're doing. So, tell me, what would the world look like with a million people mothered by you, Shireen? I think really that means like um, it sounds like having the tools more than anything. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. It's not. It certainly doesn't look like happily ever after. Yeah, that's not a reality of our life. Life comes with challenges every single day, and. It's not even about, hey, I don't get phased by anything anymore. I just balance my emotions in the moment and keep on walking through life and buy an ice cream. It's not that. What it is is resilience. So it's I get knocked down. Obviously, I just want to say, and I get up again. But, um, yeah, with that song out of my head <laughs> in life, when you get knocked down, yeah. It's okay, what do I do about this? There's no point in just pretending it didn't happen. It happened. There's no point in waiting for time to soften my emotions about it because we know scientifically that unprocessed emotions, you know, that um, emotional pain goes somewhere in the body and has an effect. You know, people have, I think the, mo the easiest one for people to appreciate is that stress can cause neck pain jaw pain, stomach ulcers, you know, the whole psychosomatic, how we feel is felt in the body. And if you don't resolve those feelings, then, uh, you know, it, it may eventuate into something that is your body calling your attention to say, excuse me, you never resolved this back here. And I'm just going to throw a little symptom to bring your attention to it. Can you acknowledge this? Mm. So I think what the world would look like is, People having tools that, yes, I have a challenge. Yes, I feel like I just got knocked over in life, but I now have these tools. What do I do about that? I'm not going to stay knocked down. I'm not going to pretend it didn't happen. I'm not going to push it to the bottom and distract myself. I don't need to go out and do something fast, loud, get off my face. I don't need to do any of those to try and distract myself because actually I can just process this. Wow. Yeah. So it's it would be a world of people bringing themselves back into balance until, mm. you know, the next day when something else happens. Sure. And you go down again. So it's resilience. That's really interesting. Well, I think it's – I feel like the outcome is resilience, isn't it? But actually the methodology, you know, re resilience being the way to keep getting back up or to keep going when things are tough. Often yeah. I, th I feel like resilience is – it seems like it's about pushing through and the ability to weather right 
Whereas what you're saying is not about weathering, it's about processing. It's about computing almost. Yeah. Um, And resilience isn't then something that you do. Resilience is the outcome of what you've done. Yeah. Like I am a resilient person because of. (laughs) Right. Yeah. My ability to to actually process. Yeah. Um, To be emotionally intelligent. Then and then you can weather any storm or or or, or weather better. Maybe let's put it put it that way. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would be happy to say you could weather every storm. I don't think anything happens to us in our human condition that we don't have the capacity to process. I think some things are harder than others, absolutely. But I don't think anything happens to us that we don't have the capacity to move through. I haven't seen it anyway. I love that. In in myself or my clients. I haven't observed it yet. (laughs) So just given the time, I'm, I'm just curious to kind of wind this kind of really lovely really lovely discussion actually where if people were there they're thinking about their emotional intelligence they appreciate okay this could help enable access or open up um higher levels of performance i think this fits beautifully into in terms of intelligent performance and how in terms of how we think about it right accessing new ways of doing things and 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 new ways of um producing outcomes where what what are people? Where do you start? I don't really want to get into hackshery because it kind of cheapens. I think what we're talking about, but really, like, no. what, are, what are some of the the steps? Um, is it a is it a is it a is it an education? Is it a journey? How would you think about that from from someone who's going, oh crikey, I really could do. I don't have much EI or EQ, whatever it might be. Where do they go from there? Uh, so Unpath is available at Amazon. how's that for a good ad Um, so so, yeah it's certainly not a hack because it's a skill it's a life skill and it's something that you work on and it only ever improves because of as I was saying those neural pathways Mm. once it becomes a road and then becomes a highway you just you have that highway to keep thinking about new challenges where to start because I have done so many different, I'm a little bit of a learning junkie. So at the moment, I'm actually a neuroscience university student just because I decided that's what I should learn next. So I will, as a bit of a life hobby, throw myself into always learning something. For me personally, I find emotional intelligence is the culmination of so many things that I have learned. So while I was joking about, hey, just buy my book, I actually do think that's a really easy place to start because it's not a how-to. It is rather hypnotic and it is. it does seem to be read as really subjective where people do read themselves into the story. And then as I then say, and I take you with me on this is how hard it feels in life right now to be me. Mm. Everybody's got their own version of that. Everybody's had their hardest day in life. Mm. So I take them to my hardest day in life and then literally talk them through this exercise and then I did this exercise and then I did this exercise and you can't help but find yourself doing it with me. So as a really easy way to start, I I am going to just blow my own trumpet and say I think on path is a... Um, yep. It's an easy read. 
And if people then want to dive into any particular aspect of that, any particular style of meditation, because I talk through a few of them, any particular style of the exercise or the um, the body sensing that I was saying before, then they can just get in touch with me and I can either send them off in a direction if you want to go and learn this for yourself or if you just want to try it, then I can take you through a consultation, you know, just give us an hour and I'll take you through a whole experience of your own so you can feel it and be guided through. Cool. So many ways. I love that. Okay, cool. Well, look, sure, I think that is a really lovely place to to what, bring this to a close, really. I think it certainly, it certainly helped me ex- make, make emotional intelligence accessible which i think is and I, I really encourage people if this this topic's kind of resonated with you on path sheree your surname again larice is that right larice yes larice there we go um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah super easy to find but just put sheree and on path into google and you'll find it straight away and yeah. i think um yeah i certainly just want to acknowledge yeah thank you so much for your vulnerability for your and and, and also like it's very brené brown in terms of leading through vulnerability right about yeah. and i think it and i found in terms of changing that perspective you're turning looking from you know where it was obviously a very traumatic or tricky period of your life i certainly don't want to say traumatic um in terms of mothering but it's, yeah it's amazing how you've been able to that was the muscle which needed to be developed almost to give you access to to ultimately self-mastery, which I think is an incredible way to look at it. And having been through a number of really tricky things, it's certainly, if, if you can do it, it's, yeah, it's incredible what opens up on the other side. So look, Sheree, thank you so much for spending the time with us. And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for reaching out. It was great to chat. <laughs>